Merry Christmas, everybody. Y'all look great. Everybody looks good in their outfits. And uh, i got to be honest with you, I would not have admitted this, but uh, I went to Kohl's like at noon today. I, I, like, I didn't have anything sort of red or maroonish. So I thought, i got to go get something. And I thought I was going to get away with not um, telling you that, except for I went to the restroom for a little pre-worship, you know, check, you know. And, and I noticed there's this, there's this real, like, I've got a crease line right through the middle of my shirt, and I didn't quite get rid of that. And, and uh, so, hey, it's, it's, we're just keeping it real here on Christmas Eve. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it real here on Christmas Eve. Glad you guys are here. Um, you know, we always come together as a church to celebrate every weekend the coming of the King into the world. But it seems like on Christmas Eve, people all over the world come together in a very unique way to celebrate even the songs we sing. Even on the radio, we're hearing Christmas songs, not just about reindeer. We're hearing Christmas songs about the coming Christ into the world. And there is just something that unifies all of us around the coming of a baby in a manger. And a lot of us, even in our homes, have nativity sets to kind of celebrate this, uh, this, this remembrance that we have of Christ coming into the world. A few years ago, when I went to Israel, I purchased several uh, nativity sets from a local vendor there. Uh, he was an Arab man, and nobody's more friendly than Arab men in Israel. You know, come, come, buy a nativity, my friend. Buy a nativity, my friend. I was their friend. They said, sit down and have tea. So I bought like 11 nativity sets. This is no joke. And uh, I'm not a very good negotiator, I think. But I was there, and we were, uh, I bought all these nativities. We put them on the airplane in all boxes, and we brought them back home, and I gave them to family members. And when you think about the nativity, you think about what it means, you think about these little ceramic or wooden figures, what I want you to see today is that behind these ceramic figures are actually real people. In fact, listen to Luke 2, verse 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea and Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married to, and it, they, she was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And when we think about these ceramic figures, sometimes we forget the real lives behind the people that actually were embodiment of these figures. And I want you to see that there were complications with them. Mary and Joseph weren't some ceramic figurines. They were real people with real circumstances that surrounded the birth of Jesus. And it was difficult. Mary and Joseph were engaged, but they weren't actually married yet. And now Mary comes home to say, the Holy Spirit has given me a child. That would be a very strange conversation. Being a guy, I cannot imagine how difficult it must have been um, for him to endure and to think about that message. And then Mary being pregnant, right to the end of her term. Now they're being told they have to go travel 85 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Could you imagine that, ladies, being nine months pregnant, maybe on the back of a donkey or maybe uh, maybe instead of and just walking perhaps at, at, from time to time. And she makes that long journey, and as a guy, I can't understand how painful that might have been for her, but you guys know everything during pregnancy is more difficult. I wonder if Mary's ankles were swollen as she made that journey. I wonder what the labor pain began to feel like as she walked that 85 miles. So I can appreciate 
as I hear the story about the complications that they might have gone through. I wonder what was going through their mind when they traveled. This doesn't seem like the way you would choose to bring the king into the world. How almighty God went into the world. And and certainly it isn't very glamorous, but there were complications in travel. There were complications because they couldn't find a place to stay. But thanks to the perseverance of Joseph or the kindness of an innkeeper, they they were provided an area where animals were kept so they had a little extra space. It wasn't the Jerusalem Hilton but it would have to do. And I'm reminded that they aren't the only ones who have complications because our lives are real lives. We aren't ceramic figures on a nativity, and we aren't just the images that we post on Instagram or Facebook. Every single one of us endure times of joy and complication. And I'm reminded this year, of course, in our own home, last year, Uh, At this time, my sister was playing piano for us at Christmas Eve service. That would be her last Christmas Eve that she would play with us. We didn't expect that she would go to heaven so soon. And maybe you have an empty chair at your dinner table or your breakfast table for Christmas morning. And maybe you this year are struggling with the idea of someone not being there. And I just want to remind you that you were in good company because Mary and Joseph and the baby all faced complications when they first came together in Bethlehem. And then there was communication. Behind these figurines, you see a lot of communication that, ha- that happened. I mean, there's a lot of communication when a baby's born, right? I remember when each of our babies were born, we would call the grandparents and we'd say, we're on our way. And then you get to the hospital and say, it seems like things are going pretty well. Our first baby, it didn't seem like things were going very well because we didn't, it, they had trouble with the epidural, right? And um, I mean, how many of you favor epidurals, amen? And uh, it's a good thing. And uh, so we're there, and we're just waiting. And, and Lisa's having this long, intensive labor. They're struggling with the epidural. We're finding out that Benjamin has the cord round up, wrapped around his neck. They're like, we have to get him out quickly. But, man, they gave her that epidural, and all things changed. It's like we watched three episodes of Mad About You. It was just great. We went from pain to just great joy. And um, I went from great joy the whole time. But, I mean, I'm just saying that's just me that's just me but there was a lot of communication because we called people and we said hey it's he's on his way we're so excited all this anticipation and then of course when the baby is born how much does he weigh was it definitely a boy yeah it was was he healthy what did you name him how's mom doing and all through the story of the lives of the people in our nativity we're told about amazing times of communication an angel communicated with mary to tell her that that she was chosen to be the one that would carry the Son of God. God communicated to Joseph in a dream that he should take Mary home as his wife. In Matthew chapter 1, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. The angels communicated to some lowly shepherds that the Savior had been born. But ultimately, the coming of Jesus Christ into the world was God communicating to all of you that God so loved the world that he gave. And maybe, I don't know about you, but maybe tonight God brought you here to remind you that he has a message for you. That no matter where you've gone in life, no matter how far you've gone away from him, no matter how much you struggle, no matter what relationship challenges you have or other issues over this Christmas season, there is a God in heaven that loves you still and loves you so much that he gave the greatest gift that was ever given. That's how much he desperately wanted to communicate with you. There was conflict, there was communication, and there was celebration. The Bible says 
when the baby was born, there was tremendous celebration. Verse 13 of chapter 2 of Luke says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then when the angel left him, the shepherd said, Let's go and let's see the baby. And when they did, they worshipped. And when they left, they told everyone. And everyone was amazed. You see, when babies are born, there's generally this incredible celebration that happens when it comes to the birth of a baby. Mary, in the Gospel of, of Matthew, actually wrote a song. It was a song of joy to the Lord. Her heart must have been filled with joy. Despite the long trip, despite the complications, despite the laying the baby in a manger, a feeding trough, there was still great celebration when Jesus came. When our children were born, so many people stopped by and celebrated with us. They gave us food, so much food, and cards, and they were just so happy that everything was okay. But most of the celebration happens in the quiet moments when a mom and dad reflect on God's goodness and the blessing of their child. And that's what happened when Jesus was born. Yes, there were shepherds. Yes, later there were wise men. But in those moments where it was just Joseph and Mary and the baby, I can't imagine the kind of joy that they had and the anticipation and even the anxiety as they thought about this baby and what he would mean to the world. Every baby is special, but this, uh, this baby was extra special. Mary and Joseph had both received angelic visits and explanations from angels. They knew this was no ordinary child, and Jesus came, and there was tremendous celebration. When the wise men came, they worshipped. When the angels came, they worshipped. When the shepherds came, they worshipped. And tonight, tonight we come together to worship and to celebrate the newborn king. We do it through singing. We do it through conversation from the scripture. We do it through taking up an offering and celebrating how we can help another church in another part of the world. But we do it tonight through laughter and through joining up together. And in a few moments, we're going to do it by celebrating a candlelight moment together. And this is a special time. I remember as a child growing up, it was one of my favorite services of all year. Because from one light, all the lights in the room were given, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and now we are his light to go into the world and shine positive, positive love to people. Now, I know there's a lot of negativity out there these days. There's a lot of hard feelings. There's a lot of people that are upset about a lot of things. But what I know is that I want to be able to present a, a, a lesson of love to the world, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I want them to know that Christ loves them more than anything else. I want them to know that they are absolutely, desperately loved by the God of the universe. I want people to know that we love them as well. I want them to know that we're here to build them up, not tear them down. I want them to know that just as God has communicated through his son to the world, we want to communicate the love of that God to the world as well. God communicated to the world, and we celebrate that. And so tonight, if you come in conflict or maybe there's challenges in your life. Maybe you let this time of a candle lighting be a reminder of God's great light of love for you. And maybe tonight you came to hear the message and to be communicated to once again that God loves you so much. And maybe tonight we all together in these moments, we can celebrate the child, the coming of the king. As we light candles together and we're reminded that just as he is the light of the world, now we share that light to others. Watch this video, and afterwards, we'll take time 
to pass out the candles, to pass out the light. So please dip your candle over into the flame. That way the wax doesn't come off of his candle. And uh, then pass it along the same way where the one that's unlit will dip into the one that's lit. And throughout the room will light the candles. After that, we'll worship together and we'll pray together. And uh, after that, we'll close out our worship time. sin and 
for us. We thank you for that you are the light of the world. And God, we pray that we as a church family would be able to share that light with other people, to bring joy to them, to bring hope to them. And God, we thank you for bringing light into our lives as well. God, we love you. We thank you for this season. And we thank you for the joy that you give us through Christ. We pray in your name. Amen.